Section 3 of Meditations from the Pen of Mrs. Maria W. Stewart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Meditations from the Pen of Mrs. Maria W. Stewart by Maria W. Stewart. Religion. Prayer. O Lord God, the watchmen of Zion have cried peace. Peace when there was no peace. They have been, as it were, blind leaders of the blind. Wherefore hast thou so long withheld from us the divine influences of thy Holy Spirit? Wherefore hast thou hardened our hearts and blinded our eyes? It is because we have honored thee with our lips when our hearts were far from thee. We have polluted thy Sabbaths, and even our most holy things have been solemn mockery to thee. We have regarded iniquity in our hearts, therefore thou wilt not hear. Return again unto us, O Lord God, we beseech thee, and pardon this the iniquity of thy servants. Cause thy face to shine upon us, and we shall be saved. O visit us with thy salvation. Raise up sons and daughters unto Abraham, and grant that there might come a mighty shaking of dry bones among us, and a great ingathering of souls. Quicken thy professing children. Grant that the young man may be constrained to believe that there is a reality in religion, and a beauty in the fear of the Lord. Have mercy on the benighted sons and daughters of Africa. Grant that we may soon become so distinguished for our moral and religious improvements that the nations of the earth may take knowledge of us, and grant that our cries may come up before thy throne like holy incense. Grant that every daughter of Africa may consecrate her sons to thee from the birth and do thou, Lord, bestow upon them wise and understanding hearts, clothe us with humility of soul, and give us a becoming dignity of manners. May we imitate the character of the meek and lowly Jesus, and do thou grant that Ethiopia may soon stretch forth her hands unto thee, and now, Lord, be pleased to grant that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed that the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ may be built up, that all nations and kindreds and tongues and people might be brought to the knowledge of the truth as it is in Jesus. And we at last meet around thy throne and join in celebrating thy praises. I have been taking a survey of the American people in my own mind, and I see them thriving in arts and sciences and in polite literature, their highest aim is to excel in political, moral, and religious improvements. They early consecrate their children to God, and their youth indeed are blushing in artless innocence. They wipe the tears from the orphan's eyes, and they cause the widow's heart to sing for joy, and their poorest ones, who have the least wish to excel, they promote. And those that have but one talent, they encourage. But how very few are there among them that bestow one thought upon the benighted sons and daughters of Africa, 
who have enriched the soils of America with their tears and blood. Few to promote their cause, none to encourage their talents. Under these circumstances, do not let our hearts be any longer discouraged. It is no use to murmur nor to repine. But let us promote ourselves and improve our own talents. And I am rejoiced to reflect that there are many able and talented ones among us whose names might be recorded on the bright annals of fame. But I can't is a great barrier in the way. I hope it will soon be removed, and I will resume its place. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Why is it, my friends, that our minds have been blinded by ignorance to the present moment? "'Tis on account of sin. "'Why is it that our church is involved in so much difficulty? "'It is on account of sin. "'Why is it that God has cut down upon our right hand "'and upon our left the most learned and intelligent of our men? "'Oh, shall I say, it is on account of sin. "'Why is it that thick darkness is mantled upon every brow, "'and we, as it were, Look sadly upon one another. It is on account of sin. Oh, then, let us bow before the Lord our God with all our hearts and humble our very souls in the dust before him. Sprinkle, as it were, ashes upon our heads and awake to righteousness and sin not. The arm of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But it is your iniquities that have separated you from me, saith the Lord. Return, O ye backsliding children, and I will return unto you, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. O ye mothers, what a responsibility rests on you. You have souls committed to your charge, and God will require a strict account of you. It is you that must create in the minds of your little girls and boys a thirst for knowledge, the love of virtue, the abhorrence of vice, and the cultivation of a pure heart. The seeds thus sown will grow with their growing years, and the love of virtue thus early formed in the soul will protect their inexperienced feet from many dangers. Oh, do not say you cannot make anything of your children, but say, with the help and assistance of God, we will try. Do not indulge them in their little stubborn ways, for a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Spare not for their crying. Thou shalt beat them with a rod, and they shall not die, and thou shalt save their souls from hell. When you correct them, do it in the fear of God and for their own good. They will not thank you for your false and foolish indulgence. They will rise up, as it were, and curse you in this world, and in the world to come condemn you. It is no use to say, you can't do this, or you can't do that. You will not tell your maker so when you meet him at the great day of account. And you must be careful that you set an example worthy of following, for you they will imitate. There are many instances, even among us now, where parents have discharged their duty faithfully and their children now reflect honor upon their gray hairs. Perhaps you will say, 
that many parents have set pure examples at home, and they have not followed them. True, our expectations are often blasted, but let us not dishearten you. If they have faithfully discharged their duty, even after they are dead, their works may live. Their prodigal children may then return to God and become heirs of salvation. If not, their children cannot rise and condemn them at the awful bar of God. Perhaps you will say that you cannot send them to high schools and academies. You can have them taught in the first rudiments of useful knowledge, and then you can have private teachers who will instruct them in the higher branches, and their intelligence will become greater than ours, and their children will attain to higher advantages, and their children still higher, and then, though we are dead, our works shall live, though we are moldering, our names shall not be forgotten. Finally, my heart's desire and prayer to God is that there might come a thorough reformation among us. Our minds have too long groveled in ignorance and sin. Come, let us incline our ears to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding. Promote her, and she shall exalt thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. An ornament of grace shall she be to thy head, and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Come, let us turn unto the Lord our God with all our heart and soul, and put away every unclean and unholy thing from among us, and walk before the Lord our God with a perfect heart all the days of our lives. Then we shall be a people with whom God shall delight to dwell. Yea, we shall be that happy people whose God is the Lord. I am of a strong opinion that the day on which we unite, heart and soul, and turn our attention to knowledge and improvement, that day the hissing and reproach among the nations of the earth against us will cease. And even those who now pointed us with the finger of scorn, will aid and befriend us. It is of no use for us to sit with our hands folded, hanging our heads like bulrushes, lamenting our wretched condition. But let us make a mighty effort and arise. And if no one will promote or respect us, let us promote and respect ourselves. The American ladies have the honor conferred on them, that by prudence and economy in their domestic concerns and their unwearied attention in forming the minds and manners of their children, they laid the foundation of their becoming what they now are. The good women of Wethersfield, Connecticut, toiled in the blazing sun, year after year, weeding onions, then sold the seed and procured money enough to erect them a house of worship, and shall we not imitate their examples as far as they are worthy of imitation? Why cannot we do something to distinguish ourselves and contribute some of our hard earnings that would reflect honor upon our memories and cause our children to arise and call us blessed? Shall it any longer be said of the daughters of Africa, they have no ambition, they have no force? By no means. Let every female heart become united, and let us raise a fund ourselves. And at the end of one year and a half, 
we might be able to lay the cornerstone for the building of a high school, that the higher branches of knowledge might be enjoyed by us, and God would raise us up, and enough to aid us in our laudable designs. Let each one strive to excel in good housewifery, knowing that prudence and economy are the road to wealth. Let us not say, we know this or we know that, and practice nothing, but let us practice what we do know. How long shall the fair daughters of Africa be compelled to bury their minds and talents beneath a load of iron pots and kettles? Until union, knowledge, and love begin to flow among us, how long shall a mean set of men flatter us with their smiles and enrich themselves with our hard earnings, their wives' fingers sparkling with rings and they themselves laughing at our folly? Until we begin to promote and patronize each other, Shall we be a mere byword among the nations any longer? Shall they laugh us to scorn forever? Do you ask, what can we do? Unite, and build a store of your own if you cannot procure a license. Fill one side with dry goods and the other with groceries. Do you ask, where is the money? We have spent more than enough for nonsense to do what building we should want. We have never had an opportunity of displaying our talents. Therefore, the world thinks we know nothing, and we have been possessed of by far too mean and cowardly a disposition, though I highly disapprove of an insolent or impertinent one. Do you ask the disposition I would have you possess? Possess the spirit of independence. The Americans do, and why should not you? Possess the spirit of men, bold and enterprising, fearless and undaunted, Sue for your rights and privileges. Know the reason that you cannot attain them. Weary them with your importunities. You can but die if you make the attempt, and we shall certainly die if you do not. The Americans have practiced nothing but headwork these two hundred years, and we have done their drudgery. And is it not high time for us to imitate their examples and practice headwork too? and keep what we have got, and get what we can. We need never to think that anybody is going to feel interested for us if we do not feel interested for ourselves. That day we, as a people, hearken unto the voice of the Lord our God, and walk in his ways and ordinances, and become distinguished for our ease, elegance, and grace, combined with other virtues. That day... The Lord will raise us up, and enough to aid and befriend us, and we shall begin to flourish. Were every gentleman in America to realize as one that they had got to become bondmen, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters servants forever to Great Britain, like Belzazar, their joints would become loosened, and tremblingly would smite one against another. Their countenance would be filled with horror, Every nerve and muscle would be forced into action. Their souls would recoil at the very thought. Their hearts would die within them, and death would be far more preferable. Then why have not Africa's sons a right to feel the same? Are not their wives, their sons, and their daughters as dear to them as those of the white man's? Certainly God has not deprived them of the divine influences of his Holy Spirit, 
which is the greatest of all blessings, if they ask him. Then why should man any longer deprive his fellow man of equal rights and privileges? Oh, America! America, foul and indelible is thy stain! Dark and dismal is the cloud that hangs over thee for thy cruel wrongs and injuries to the fallen sons of Africa. The blood of her murdered ones cries to heaven for vengeance against thee. Thou art almost become drunken with the blood of her slain. Thou hast enriched thyself through her toils and labors, and now thou refusest to make even a small return. And thou hast caused the daughters of Africa to commit whoredoms and fornications, but upon thee be their curse. O ye great and mighty men of America, Ye rich and powerful ones, many of you will call for the rocks and mountains to fall upon you, and to hide you from the wrath of the Lamb, and from him that sitteth upon the throne, whilst many of the sable-skinned Africans you now despise will shine in the kingdom of heaven as the stars forever and ever. Charity begins at home, and those that provide not for their own are worse than infidels. We know that you are raising contributions to aid the gallant Poles. We know that you have befriended Greece and Ireland, and you have rejoiced with France for her heroic deeds of valor. You have acknowledged all the nations of the earth, except Haiti. And you may publish, as far as the East is from the West, that you have two millions of Negroes who aspire no higher than to bow at your feet and to court your smiles. You may kill tyrannize and oppress as much as you choose, until our cry shall come up before the throne of God. For I am firmly persuaded that he will not suffer you to quell the proud, fearless, and undaunted spirit of the Africans forever. For in his own time he is able to plead his own cause against you, and to pour out upon you the ten plagues of Egypt. We will not come out against you with swords and staves as against a thief, but we will tell you that our souls are fired with the same love of liberty and independence with which your souls are fired. We will tell you that too much of your blood flows in our veins and too much of your color in our skins for us not to possess your spirits. We will tell you that it is our gold that clothes you in fine linen and purple and causes you to fare sumptuously every day and it is the blood of our fathers and the tears of our brethren that have enriched your souls, and we claim our rights. We will tell you that we are not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that can do no more. But we will tell you whom we do fear. We fear him who is able, after he hath killed, to destroy both soul and body in hell forever. Then, my brethren, sheath your swords and calm your angry passions. Stand still and know that the Lord, he, is God. Vengeance is his, and he will repay. It is a long lane that has no turn. America has risen to her meridian. When you begin to thrive, she will begin to fall. God hath raised you up a walker and a garrison. Though Walker sleeps, yet he lives, and his name shall be held in everlasting remembrance. I, even I, who am but a child, inexperienced to any of you, 
am a living witness to testify unto you this day that I have seen the wicked in great power, spreading himself like a green bay tree, and lo, he passed away. Yea, I diligently sought him, but he could not be found. And it is God alone that has inspired my heart to feel for Afric's woes. Then fret not yourself because of evil doers. Fret not yourself because of the men who bring wicked devices to pass, for they shall be cut down as the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Encourage the noble-hearted garrison. Prove to the world that you are neither orangutans nor a species of mere animals, but that you possess the same powers of intellect as those of the proud boasting American. I am sensible, my brethren and friends, that many of you have been deprived of advantages, kept in utter ignorance, and that your minds are now darkened. And if any of you have attempted to aspire after high and noble enterprises, you have met with so much opposition that your souls have become discouraged. For this very cause, a few of us have ventured to expose our lives in your behalf, to plead your cause against the great, and it will be of no use unless you feel for yourselves and your little ones and exhibit the spirits of men. Oh, then, turn your attention to knowledge and improvement, for knowledge is power, and God is able to fill you with wisdom and understanding and to dispel your fears. Arm yourselves with the weapons of prayer. Put your trust in the living God. Persevere strictly in the paths of virtue. Let nothing be lacking on your part, and in God's own time, and his time is certainly the best, he will surely deliver you with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. I have never taken one step, my friends, with the design to raise myself in your esteem or to gain applause, but what I have done has been done with an eye single to the glory of God and to promote the good of souls. I have neither kindred nor friends. I stand alone in your midst, exposed to the fiery darts of the devil and to the assaults of wicked men. But though all the powers of earth and hell were to combine against me, though all nature should sink into decay, still would I trust in the Lord and joy in the God of salvation. For I am fully persuaded that he will bring me off conqueror, yea, more than conqueror, through him who hath loved me and given himself for me. Boston, October 1831. End of section 3. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.